On the night before he died, our Lord described the disposition of his sacred heart with these words. The prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This description of the disposition of the Sacred Heart just before the Passion leads us to contemplate the very knot of the mystery of redemption, the very heart of the mystery of redemption. The logic of the redemption is not exactly what we sometimes think it could be. I believe that often, even among devout Catholics, there's this sort of false theory, which is more Calvinist than Catholic, the theory of penal substitution. That our Lord simply took our place in bearing the punishment for sin. That God was storing up wrath for sinners ever since Adam ate the apple. Only our weakness could not sustain the weight of our just punishment. It's almost as if our Lord said, go ahead and just hit me here, like a brother might do for another brother who's frustrated with a math teacher. He said, just punch me here, get it out of your system. It works between brothers, but that is not how God is. God is in storing up wrath to pour out on his son. A deeper analysis with these, these words of our Lord on the night before his passion can bring us to a greater understanding of the truth and help us to see in the redemption not the wrath of an angry God, but the mercy of a loving Father. But before we can understand, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that must be redeemed? Why did the fault of Adam and Eve have such great consequences for us? God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. These simple words indicate such a great deal of intimacy and love, such familiarity, such friendship between the Creator and the pride of His creation. But it wasn't only friendship, there was also a command. He gave Adam and Eve the chance to show their returning love by their obedience. But alas, instead of obeying out of love, they offended love by disobedience. And we have gone on proffering so many prideful and hateful disobediences against the love of God since that first fateful day. And how can these offenses be amended? Not by the bearing of some punishment, 
but by an act of loving obedience. When a child offends his parents, it isn't a punishment born that makes it all right. It's when the child shows regret and reminds his parents of his desire to obey and love. If we steal money, it isn't by words that we make up for the fault. It's by making a return of the money. If we injure someone's reputation, it isn't an apology that makes it better. It's by repairing the injury by good words, by restoring the reputation. And so our offense against God's love by disobedience is not repaired simply by a punishment born, but by an act of obedience inspired by love. And so when the Sacred Heart describes itself saying, I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me, the Sacred Heart says, Adam and Eve did not obey, but I will obey. I will obey unto death and death upon the cross. In the Sacred Heart, therefore, we see the love of Jesus Christ. His love for us, desiring to come into the world to repair our sin. But above all, we see the love of Jesus Christ for his Father. Is this love for his Father that inspires the act of obedience that redeems us? The Sacred Heart, therefore, invites us into the mystery of redemption. The Sacred Heart invites us into the love that defines the life of the Trinity. It invites us to share this twofold love, to render the obedient love due from humankind to the Father, and by so doing, to participate in the Sacred Heart's redemptive love on behalf of our fellow men. The Sacred Heart is truly our model and our master, the center of all hearts, the abyss of divine love. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.